0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by fantasypoints.com. Top level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome into another episode of the Take Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield with my usual co-host, Stephen O'Rourke. Stephen, how are you, sir?
1: Doing good, man. One week closer.
0: One week closer. Getting excited. That's right. Um, Today we have an action-packed show for you guys. Um, First, let's jump into some things Brett likes today as part of the new series, continuing. Um, Steve went last week with some very interesting things. This week, you'll see a lot of the things I like revolve around food, Steve. Steve?
1: You know, I was sitting here and I was like, "I I bet you the first one he's going to do is going to be food because of your soiree—not not not soiree, but your what you did up last night."
0: Yeah, well, so it is—you nailed it. One of the things I like is related to that. I'll just start with that one. How about that? I like Blackstone grills or whatever you call them—Blackstone cooking apparatuses. They are. Freaking awesome! I I kind of thought they were hokey for a while when the craze was going on, and then I finally we we built a new deck on the back of the house, and we had some budget left. And my wife was like, "Well, you can either go get yourself a brand new grill, or you can get whatever you want. This is what you got to spend." And I was like, "Oh, cool!" I was thinking Traeger, maybe. I was thinking, yeah, grill. But I have a pretty decent grill, so there was really no reason to go grill route. And I went to Costco and saw. The giant black zone, like the biggest one you can buy, was on sale for like I think I got it for like two ninety nine, which is ridiculous. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah, so I grabbed that boy, seasoned it up, and I've been just slaying the food on it ever since, <laughs> like three meals a day. But last night, Steve, and you saw pictures, was my wife and I's anniversary. We were celebrating. We did like a day morning date. We had the nanny, and then we went out for breakfast and coffee and all that. Yada yada yada. And then for night, I cooked us a really nice meal, and I got. Uh, some three pound tomahawk steaks, and Ugh. I slow cooked them to internal temperature was like one hundred degrees. So I think it was like forty five minutes at two fifty. I slow cooked them and then brought them out. Another layer of oil, some more salt, pepper, espresso, garlic. And then I th- I had that blackstone ready to go, like seven hundred degrees on the surface, and threw that those tomahawks on the blackstone. And dude, they came out fantastic
1: espresso is a bit of a mix up there
0: i always season my steaks with espresso
1: interesting
0: just, just a little bit just a little bit especially if you're a big crust guy yeah i love crust Yeah, um, espresso really helps especially like i do so I'll, I'll do like a layer of avocado oil some salt crack cracked black pepper garlic powder espresso it's not a lot you're not trying to like right. black or anything but right um, just enough and it the the savoriness in the espresso really cuts through with the fat and like a ribeye or a tomahawk steak which is basically a ribeye um it's really nice combo and these things came out i got a like a probably an eighth inch crust on these boys and they were just perfect medium rare um sliced them up real nice they were oh dude awesome so i like blackstone grills because you can do some incredible searing type stuff if you like a seared steak i think grilled steaks are a little overrated because you lose a lot of the moisture and a lot of the fat when yeah off um, I, so I personally like, uh, like a reverse sear process. I usually use like a cast iron pan, but the Blackstone is basically just a giant cast iron pan.
1: Right. Right.
0: So you can do some fun stuff with it. But, um, anyways, the next thing I like is, uh, it, also in the food realm, it's Matari coffee in Canton, Michigan. If you're local, if you're a local listener and in, in the Metro Detroit area, it's worth driving out to Canton and going to Matari coffee. If you're Canadian, they also just opened one in Toronto which is pretty cool, but this nice. is a, it's a Yemeni coffee. So Yemeni owned, the vibe is soup I would say it's almost like being in Abu Dhabi or um, Dubai. Like it's really cool decor, like black and gold, like real kind of bougie feeling, but the drinks yeah. are just, I'm an espresso snob. Like I, I absolutely love espresso and their espresso is probably my favorite that I've ever had. Not at my own house so i'm gonna have to go check
1: that place out
0: yeah it's really good yeah if you're ever out here checking it out please call me and i will join you yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah it's 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 really awesome also i may may or may not have just unfortunately tipped off where i kind of live so <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> They're zeroing
1: uh, in on you now
0: yeah yeah um anyways the next thing i like is this is a this is a total curveball from the last two i like chrysler pacificas steve
1: what
0: a throwback. Chrysler specifically, the <laughs> minivan. <laughs> so That's as you guys know. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I and there's a reason I'm going this direction because I resisted minivan life for years. You know, we had our first child over eight years ago now. We have four kids now. My wife has been saying for a long time, Brett, we just we just need to do the minivan. You know i tried rolling with the the bigger suvs like we had a traverse for a long time and then the fourth kid the traverse is just too small so we were in the the car market about six months ago and you know i was looking at like tahoes and suburbans and you know uh what's the big Ford, the expedition yeah and then the what's the there's a jeep one too it's the um oh my gosh what it's called it's brand new it's It's not even a year old. It's huge, though. It's like the size of an Expedition, but it's a Jeep. Anyways, you know, we were looking at buying one of those. And, you know, I never buy cars brand new. I think that's a waste of money. But we're looking at like year old models or used models. And even buying a year old model, these cars were like a house payment, dude. (laughs) like, (laughs) Like my wife and I are into investment properties. And like, there's no way I'm spending that much money on a car. So the only way we could then fit our four kids into a car was to go the minivan route. And I got a fully loaded Chrysler Pacifica a 2021 with 30,000 miles on it for like 30 grand. Yep. Or um, steel of a deal. It's the my favorite car I've ever owned. We got it's like fully loaded. It's like a rocket ship on the inside, bro. <laughs> beautiful brown leather, all the bells and whistles you can possibly imagine having in a car it has. And I love it. I'll never go back. And in fact, I pretty much try to take that car anytime I can now. Like I'm minivan guy. I'm fully embraced it. I'm minivan guy. There you go. It's comfortable, you know, like doing a road trip, dude. It's so comfortable. Back doesn't get sore. You got good support on the arms and the shoulders. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. So Chrysler Pacifica, Chrysler, you did a good one there with that car. I've never owned a Chrysler before because bad rap with the transmissions, but, um, yeah, you did. You did a good one of that car and they should probably pay me for this advertisement.
1: <laughs> send All you right. the bill.
0: That's enough for things I like. Uh, let's jump into some NFL news. We have it seems like every week it's only running back news. Yeah. <laughs> just, what? What is happening? You got Zeke signed with the Pats, Cook signed with the Jets. And then Jonathan Taylor left camp again after he returned to camp for, what, 24 hours? So Yeah, just
1: about that. Yeah.
0: Steve, any takes on the the free agent running back signings?
1: Um, I mean, they seem to settle kind of where we all – I mean, Zeke, apparently we've heard that Belichick has kind of liked Zeke for a while. Yeah. That's kind of come out that he's been a fan of his. So I don't think that came as a big surprise once you heard that Zeke went to visit there. I thought – I honestly was getting worried that Zeke might not even get onto a team – at some point and for him to get there on, on a $6 million deal, honestly good on him. Cause I think that was more than I, than a lot of people thought he would get paid.
0: Yeah. I think likely it ends up being somewhere between four and five. Cause it is incentive laden. That's still good money though. For right. Uh, right. Uh, is not true. The thing that puzzled me about it and you know, and you Belichick has this weird way of doing things and Zeke's a, a veteran presence and I, I can't measure what he brings in terms of leadership and stuff like that. So I, it's, it's hard for me to really like, you know, criticize it too hard but when you look at the metrics between the guys I tweeted about this Harris and Zeke are very similar players yeah Harris is a lot younger and he's got a lot more thump in those pads left yep. and he's, he's also really good in pass protection Ramondre Stevenson's also good in pass protection I know I think Hansen cited that he liked it because that you know it's at value added with the pass protection stuff but they're both those guys were good in pass protection so I didn't see a huge need to like target that skills that specifically so I just you know Damien Harris left for Buffalo. He's making $1.7 Yeah. Close to league minimum for a guy who's been in the league for four years. So um, I I probably just would have rather they re signed him. But maybe Harris wanted a different opportunity. Who knows? Who knows what happened there? It just seems weird. Right, to right. Opted to go with uh, a twice, almost three times more expensive player with a very similar efficiency metrics over the last two years. So the Cook one, though, Steve, I don't know about this. I, I like Dalvin Cook, I think he's a heck of a player. Yep. You can get up to 8.6 million this year. And it's likely to be about 7 million, I think, what it's all said and done. But even still, even at 7 million, that is the second richest running back free agent contract over the last 10 years for a running back leaving one team for another. And the the crazy thing is, the Jets did the number one, and that was Le'Veon Bell from Pittsburgh to to New York. Right. We also did like number four and five as well with Isaiah Crowell and. (laughs) uh there was another one in there another oh matt forte over the last like so the jets just love dumping money on free agent running backs and history doesn't isn't actually very good with that stuff like running backs have a hard time going from one team to another yeah but yeah so i don't it's just a little rich i it seems like with the stable they had with you know, Brees Hall. I know he's coming off the you know the pup or whatever, and he might not be ready to go right now. That's okay though. They still had Michael Carter. They still had yeah. um, Zonovan Knight. They still had Izzyeba Nakanda. Like it didn't seem that necessary to them go spend eight point six million on a running back, especially when they have a, a dire situation at offensive tackle.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: You know, Dwayne Brown is thirty nine years old playing left tackle this year. Their right tackle is not very good and their backup right tackle makai becton has all the potential in the world can't stay healthy for more than five practices at a time right so like i would have much rather seen them invest some money into an offensive tackle but that did not happen
1: so here we are (laughs) yeah Um, like you said it's an interesting investment i mean i can kind of see where they're going with it i mean if if Cook has shown that he's still got some pop. He had a good lat. He had a good year last year. I mean, yeah.
0: it's he's definitely got more in the than the tank physique,
1: Yeah, and you've got now if once Brees comes back healthy, you've got two kind of bona fide horses back there. But at the same time, you have Aaron Rodgers there now, and you you'd like to think that they're probably going to air the ball out a little bit more. And so sure. I just it's double dipping into a, into a position that I don't think you necessarily need to double dip because like you said, there are spots on offense that I think there were more necessary improvements that needed to be made. And especially having, you know, they have a decent interior offensive line, but those tackle positions, I mean, that directly influences the run game. And so if you can't get pushed with the offensive line, well then it kind of influences how effective those running backs are going to be. So yeah, uh, you know, I I get it, kind of, but for that deal, for I mean, both players, it's just kind of, it's interesting as far as for like from a team de- building standpoint of just is that really the most necessary position that you needed to address for yeah. that money?
0: And it, it seems obviously the Jets are kind of pushing all their chips to the middle of the table right now with uh, Aaron Rodgers and yep yada 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 it's it's possible this is an aaron Rodgers request like hey i want we have a lot of young running backs that i've promised but i want a vet in here yeah we can rely on for a good chunk of snaps rely on him in pass pro and catching the football yada yada so um i get it from that standpoint for sure
1: yeah we know how much Rodgers loves having his veteran presence alongside him in the offense that's like that's a big thing to him for as much as We've heard about him complaining about not, you know, in Green Bay, not addressing receiver. You see, you also heard, you know, the complaints and grievances here and there when they did go after those guys. And he definitely prefers guys that he has a rapport with, guys that have, you know, been in the league for a while. And so I I get it from that standpoint, if that's what where the request came in from, because it is something that Rogers specifically prefers over, sure. like, you know, similar to like I think Brady was kind of the same way, too.
0: Brady was definitely the same way um the only other real bit of news is that zach martin got a new contract so they resolved their little beef there i know he was he was kind of a quiet holdout so far
1: yeah
0: or what do they call that a, a hold in
1: yeah right <laughs> where he was
0: wasn't really participating but was present in right. but was pretty much just saying hey i need a new contract for for me to go on so he gets some more money this year and then gets two years added to the deal uh, I think a lot of it's guaranteed, so he's feeling good about that. That's huge for the Cowboys, honestly, because he is still probably the best right guard in all of football, not even yeah. close. And their offensive line actually has a chance to be really, really good again this year. So, um, and that's another team that's kind of all in. Like the Cowboys have, you know, planted their flag. Like, hey, we're for real. We're we're coming for it. They made a lot of moves this offseason that suggests they're they're going for it. So, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, real quick, the main topic of the day is going to be some team building stuff. I wanted to look at how Super Bowl contending teams have constructed their rosters last year. But before we get to that, we did have a fan request, Steve. We had a fan request that we quickly touch on, and I'm emphasizing quickly here because we're not going to do a whole episode on it, but um, we quickly touch on the top five, ten receivers in the NFL. They really enjoyed the top ten quarterback conversation that we did. Yeah, So. Want to kind of see where our headspace was at with the top five receivers in the nfl i actually ended up just going with the full top 10 i don't want to discuss all of these guys i'm sure all of our names are similar maybe just in different spots yep uh, but uh why don't you rattle off your top five and then i'll do mine
1: my top five and i'm not doing this in any necessary in any like order respectively just, in any just, way just, but just five but, i mean for me it's tyree kill justin jefferson Jamar Chase, Devonte Adams, and then the fifth one I could have gone a lot of different ways, but I Cooper Cup.
0: Oh, nice! Nice. I actually forgot about Cooper Cup in this exercise. Um, so we had the the first four you mentioned. We had the same. I had Tyreek as my one, Devonte Adams as my two, Justin Jefferson my three, Jamar Chase my four, and then I went AJ Brown with my fifth.
1: Okay. Um,
0: AJ, big, Brown so AJ Brown, so many AJ Brown guy yeah big aj brown guy here so cup is definitely in the mix there um if you were to go with another five who would you go
1: another five i i would throw aj brown in there stefan diggs i'd probably put Amon-Ra up there I have uh, and then i want to say terry McLaurin. it's Ooh. unfortunate the situation that he's in but i love terry McLaurin. And then I'm honestly between uh, probably Devonta Smith and I'd say CeeDee Lamb. Nice, nice. Those are probably, you know, C.D. like C.D. a 10A, 10B.
0: Yeah, CeeDee Lamb was my last out. Devonte Smith was probably the next guy. I So I went Amon Ra, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle.
1: Okay, he was right there for me too.
0: Yeah, Cooper Cup in there, and then T Higgins. So I bumped Cooper. I bumped Lamb on the fly for for Cooper Cup there because I think okay. he's definitely a good guy. Yeah, um, and then I went I went T Higgins over Devontae and Lamb. I just think T just does so many little things well. Um, obviously, he, he's a ball winner. We need need him to be the contested catch stuff, but for a big guy, he runs very precise routes, and I think that's pretty invaluable because there is yeah. not a lot of corners that can match his his route running prowess and his size together. Because usually you need a bigger corner on him and he's gonna torch those guys. You give him a big stiff corner, T. Higgins is gonna put him in a blender every
1: yep. day. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, I so I just I like him a little bit more than those other guys because of that. Devontae is a freak show though, and so so is uh CeeDee Lamb. I mean, we're in a NFL right now, we're like and, and you'll see this going through the next the next segment. Like good teams have good receivers. I mean, it's 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 pretty remarkable actually. Receiver so there's, talent has good receivers right now. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. I mean, it goes so deep. You can I mean you can get uh 25 20 over over 20 for sure where you're like comfortable with that guy being your number one probably like your number one or you know if you're lucky enough to get him as a number two like where they you know they can produce and be effective and it's it is crazy how you're getting so many more just like very precise route runners guys with very like good hands good good um long speed too a lot of fast receivers in the yeah. NFL right now and it's yeah it's it's fun to watch like is, they're, and
0: they're hitting the ground running like they're coming out of college like ready-made products basically right right
1: because so. you yeah. are i mean not like there are the the examples of like a trail on burks but like guys that are coming out of like ohio state or even like usc a lot like some of these teams are these guys are starting to run a little bit more of like advanced route trees compared to like you know, even five to seven years ago, where a lot of the times it was so necessary to kind of get them up to speed with the NFL route tree. But a lot of these guys are coming in now where they have more experience with that. And they, you know, it's not as much of a learning curve to, you know, figure out some of the timing and the routes of, of, of you know, a more intricate route tree now compared to previously. And I think, you know, you, you've seen it year in, year out now where, You know, five to six guys that come out of the draft are immediate day one contributors, you know, and, you know, showing that they can be effective in an NFL offense right away.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's crazy, even just looking at this really quick. Like, I I left Keenan Allen off this list. That feels great. Keenan Allen's a fantastic player. Right. Deontay Johnson. uh, We've already mentioned those two other guys. Terry McLaurin, like you mentioned, like, I mean, I'm probably given him too hard of a time but he's dealt with terrible qb play his entire career so like maybe if he had joe burrow throwing him the ball he'd be on this list you like it just
1: once i'd like to see him in a functional I offense with a functional qb
0: yeah i mean that's another he's just a he's awesome
1: i mean so. we didn't even mention amari cooper and amari yeah, I mean, cooper, like he's one of the yeah he's and he's incredible and you know brandon iuke is ascending
0: mike uh, Evans, chris godwin yeah these guys are all just
1: Yep. Yeah it's it's a good it's a good league for the for receivers right now.
0: Yes, it is. Um, all right. Hopefully that uh, you know suffices and fulfills the the listeners' <laughs> thirst for a, a top five ten wide receiver list. So, all right, Steve. Let's get into what the show is actually about today. Twenty minutes into the show, we're going to get into the show's topic. I'm just kidding. Um, but we wanted to, we've been talking obviously about team building for the last two seasons, basically at this point are starting about a year ago, Steve, we started this podcast and yep. team building comes up, I would say like every other, or every third episode and this off season specifically, we spent a lot of time talking about how you construct a roster. We really wanted to nail down what a, what a championship contending roster looks like yep. and some questions we wanted to answer were like, how many good players does a, a contending team have? How many elite players does a contending team have? And then, what is the the breakdown? Does the breakdown change based on your quarterback play? Yeah. Like if you have an elite quarterback, how many less good players do you now need because you're getting an elite quarterback play? And then the last bucket would be like bad players. How many like outright holes do you have on your roster that you just right. can't? Afford? You Just got guys playing a lot of snaps that probably shouldn't be playing a lot of snaps, but you got you got talent everywhere else, so it works. Um, I I charted out just I quickly ran through the rosters of six teams over the last two years the 2022 Eagles, the 2022 Chiefs, the 2022 Bills. And then 2021, I looked at the Bengals, Rams, and then the 49ers. And I kind of comboed the 49ers with this year and 2021. Yeah. They were both years. They almost went the distance. Um, And I, probably, I found some pretty consistent things with each roster, actually. Yeah. Like really like scary consistent. And one of the surprising things that stuck out to me is most of these teams had at least one guy. That came out of nowhere. Yep. So they had they had the elite players, they had the good players, they had their bad players, and then they had like a guy who like, yeah, you weren't expecting that performance when the season started, and then that really helped them take them to another level. What did you find? I know you looked at more uh, winners and losers of the Super Bowl the last what six seven years.
1: Yeah, I found that a lot of consistency in that your weak units, running back and linebacker. Yeah those are the two units that you can suffice to not have elite or even great talent at and you can get by because you get like a lot of these teams generally have very good defensive lines in front of the linebackers and good offensive lines in front of the their running backs and their quarterbacks i mean there are a couple exceptions here and there but that was the biggest thing was that like, okay, the positions that we've kind of deemed as a whole, as an NFL community, as not as necessary, those are the units that are, you know, they're fine getting by with. And another the surprising thing, at least among, you know, uh, the Super Bowl, like winners and losers, was that if you have a good quarterback, like if you have an elite quarterback, there are quite a few teams that kind of got by and got there with not the greatest wide receiver rooms.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just look at last year's Chiefs. I mean,
1: Kansas City Chiefs in 2023, um, you know, 2022, most of the season, you behind Cooper Cup, the Rams before OBJ got there, their wide receiver depth wasn't that crazy. Um, Yeah,
0: Robert Woods is good. He tore his ACL, what, like week 10, 11?
1: Yeah, and then uh, like even the 2020 San Francisco 49ers, their wide receiver room wasn't you know elite. The 2019 New England Patriots, even the 2019 Los Angeles Rams, they had emergence of like Cooper Cup amid uh, during the season, but then he got hurt. Robert Woods came along a lot more. But if you have a good quarterback, or, or at least like an elite quarterback outside of you know the LA Rams in 2019 with Jared Goff, and that's a McVay thing. That was when. You know, he really went into a lot of the motion stuff and was really getting the offense on the move a lot more and was able to kind of disguise things that, you know, an elite quarterback can make up for a little bit of a deficit at wide receiver. Yep. But if your quarterback isn't quite there, that's where the wide receiver room kind of comes to life and lifts him up a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's uh, it's basically the same thing I saw. Premium positions, every team had those in common. A good, A Like at least one really good pass rusher at least one really yep. good cover player, yep. at least one really good receiver, but a lot of teams didn't have more than one of those, uh, one good receiver. Yep. Um, looking at, like, so the the breakdown, too, I really was curious. Like, if you have elite QB play, it seems like the rest of your roster doesn't have to be great, or you can have more holes, I should say. Yep. And the thing I was shocked about is that actually, the, the math for... Teams that didn't have elite quarterback play was actually similar. Yeah the big difference is they just didn't win. (laughs) Like that 49ers roster. Like I broke this down. I had in the elite bucket, I had Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, Trent Williams, and George Kittle. In the good bucket, I had Dre Greenlaw, traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Jimmy Ward, uh your boy Hef Hufanga, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Mike McGlinchey. That's a lot of good and elite players. Yeah. it almost pairs with like the Kansas City Chiefs perfectly. Like yeah. they have almost the same exact breakdown. But the the difference between those two teams are one was led by Patrick Mahomes and one was led by Jimmy Garoppolo or slash Brock Purdy. And they didn't get it done. So the 2021 Rams is another one that sticks out. Like they I had them for six elite players Cooper Cup, Andrew Whitworth, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller. Matthew Stafford had his best season as a pro, and so he yep. was elite that year. Um is like we talked about performances, you know, guys taking to the next level. I think Stafford did that season. And then good players. Same, same breakdown as the 49ers. Havenstein, Brian Allen, Robert Woods, Austin Corbett, Tyler Higby, um, Ocaronquo, Jordan Fuller, Ashawn Robinson. Ashawn Robinson was good that year. <laughs> Leonard Floyd. And then the holes, they had like one hole. It was Troy Reader, their middle linebacker. He was an yep. undrafted. You know, undrafted kids starting. He played like a thousand snaps that that year for the Rams, and that was it. Like you said, linebackers are. It's okay to have a hole at linebacker.
1: Yeah, if, especially you when had, you have space eaters definitely. like A. Robinson and Aaron Donald in the middle, keeping yep. you know Reader, who's not you know not the biggest like sideline to sideline guy. He you know he's more of a fill the hole and hope he makes a play. But when you have guys like that in front of him, those holes. You know, they become a lot easier to come up and fill. You're not as it's not as mucked up for you. And so, you know, it takes that pressure off of a guy like that.
0: Yeah. And they and you know what they called plays that fit their personnel too, right? So like Troy Reader, not the most gifted linebacker in the world. So they didn't play really any man that year. It was like a really zone heavy team. Yep. But when you have guys like Jalen Ramsey and Jordan Fuller and uh who's their other Taylor Rapp, like these yep. are versatile coverage defenders that you can get matchups you want. They sat back. They played, you know, like a ton of off-zone coverage, and it worked. Ben don't break. Eventually, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey, eventually those guys are going to make a play that stops your drive. Yeah. And that's what they think on. and they they won it all.
1: And even in the Super Bowl, they had um, Ernest Jones kind of come to life in yeah. their playoff run and, you know, kind of become a more integral piece and was able to or kind of substitute for Reeder a little bit here and there. And then they would also walk – wrap into like a dime linebacker, nickel linebacker situation where, you know, to make up for the lack of speed that reader has there, they would put wrap in there and he would be a little bit more of the sideline to sideline guys. So like they had ways to pivot and to, you know, mask that weakness a little bit more by giving him some of the easier matchups and, you know, work, work around him to, you know, not have him be this glaring hole
0: the 2022 or sorry 23 Eagles team like I don't know what you thought of that roster I as I went back and looked at it that has to be one of the best teams to ever lose a Super Bowl
1: yeah I mean
0: insane
1: like when I put a hole in there and the only hole I was able to put was linebacker and even that was like even that it's not like they like yeah, it was the weakest group, but it's not like it was bad. They still had a solid yeah. linebacker room. Like
0: Edwards win got paid this offseason, so
1: right. Like that right. was a
0: – So it, I judge I judge players like I really only looked at guys who played five hundred plus snaps. Um, you know, and and were a crucial part of the team at the time of the Super Bowl or the time of their pinnacle. Right. I had the Eagles with three bad players Marcus Epps, Quez Watkins, and Jake Stoll. Epps is debatable. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he just kind of had a bad season. Yeah. Um, and then Quez Watkins pretty much was a n- non-factor. He played like 800 snaps and like did nothing as the third receiver there. It's tough right. when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I get it. But they really didn't get anything out of him. And then Jack Stoll, I mean, he's just, he was basically just a blocking tight end who didn't block very well. So
1: Yeah, Quez um, Watkins yeah. was an all all-track team guy just yeah. out there running routes not really getting targeted but when i mean think- when he did he was a good deep threat and so like he had yeah. his usefulness when called
0: upon it was like week 1 or 2 he called a bomb for a touchdown i was like oh my gosh this team is cooking with gas like they have brown smith and then watkins can hit that that deep vert from the slot that's disgusting and then i don't think he really did that again the rest of the year but it's <laughs> all right <laughs> I know they give him a lot of like uh, design touches too, a little, some screen action and stuff like that. But like, look at the good players in that row. So elite. I had Jason Kelsey, AJ Brown, Lane Johnson, Hassan Reddick. Reddick was one of these guys I was talking about where he, his baseline was good, but he went from good to freaking elite last
1: year. Yeah, and he was. He was a guy that was kind of stuck in the middle. No one really knew what. I mean, yeah. no one had really figured out what to do with him yet.
0: I've seen position changes. I think with the Cardinals, he went from. You know, Mike to Edge to we'll try him at safety. Same thing they're doing with Isaiah Simmons. It's annoying. Yeah. like um, eventually he ended up at Edge in Carolina. He got his career back on track. And then, you know, that baseline became good, but he took it to another level last year. And I like, you really got to think if he doesn't do that, like, oh, how much worse is the defense? You know, um, right. he, dude, he was, he was outrageously good. And then Jalen Hurts is another one. Like his baseline, we knew he was an ascending player and he was going to be pretty good. Yep. He played way better than anyone thought he would last year, and I was his biggest fan. So, yeah, um, Javon Hargrave was another elite pass rusher they had,
1: and Hurts was a guy that got better every single week too. Yeah, like you could yeah. see the you could see improvements in his game week his over best game week.
0: Of the year was the Super Bowl, and they right. lost.
1: Right, <laughs> it's
0: crazy. And then good players, dude. This is the list that's insane because it's very lengthy. Yeah, Isaac Amalu, Landon Dickerson, Jordan Mailata. By the way, that's all five of their offensive linemen are on good or elite. Dallas Goddard Devonte Smith Darius Slade James Bradbury Josh Sweat Brandon Graham Chauncey Gardner Johnson you could even throw TJ Edwards in there I think if you want to but I, I'm cool just calling him a neutral at this point but yeah um that's just insane talent on that roster D-line O-line just loaded secondary was loaded receiver was loaded quarterback was loaded like all the premium positions they had multiple dogs at each spot
1: yeah and uh, like one of the things that you also like note, you notice going through, uh, like going through contenders and then, you know, in the Super Bowl winners and losers over the last uh, few years is offensive line is massively important. Oh, God. Yes. The Bengals are the one team in the last like few years, the last like seven, seven, eight years that were able to, you know, get by with a middling to bad offensive line. Everybody else that has like made it, been to the Super Bowl, been in it, they all had very solid offensive lines in front of them. And that's yep. why you see a lot of, that's why you see, like I said, the running back not being as important, why teams were able to get by without, you know, an elite running back and able to get by with guys like, you know, CJ Anderson, LeGarrette Blunt, things like that, you know, functional players, but nobody that jumps off the page is that Offensive line is having a, a functional, good offensive line in front of your quarterback and, you know, commanding that offense is so crucial to your ability to go far in the, uh, in a season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and not only that, like to add to that, it's not even just a collection of good players. Usually these teams have at least one elite, if not two elite guys on the offensive line. Like yep. Eagles have Kelsey and Johnson. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs had Creed, Creed Humphrey, who I would consider elite for sure. Um, the Rams had Whitworth, who's elite. The 49ers had Trent Williams, who's beyond elite. Uh, like it's not just having good players; like they they have usually like a you know one of the best in the league at that spot. The Bills are another interesting one. I I wanted to get your thoughts on this roster because they're 2022 Bills. I only had them for two elite players: it was Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Um. Their offensive line was not very good. In fact, I I listed them with two bad players, both offensive linemen, Spencer Brown, Roger Saffold. Both of those guys were extreme liabilities for them last year. Yeah. Um, And they're good players. I listed Vaughn Miller, but he didn't really play past, what, week six? Yeah. Rousseau, Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, Ed Oliver, Micah Hyde, Dequan Jones, Taron Johnson, Trey White, Deion Dawkins, and Dawson Knox. I think you could probably throw Gabe Davis in there. I just want to see a full season of that dude being healthy, though. Yeah. Um, but, like, they, like they're they another team. They're similar to, like, they just – I don't know. They don't have a ton of, like, big-time needle movers. They just got to collect, like, a pretty solid roster top to bottom.
1: And the biggest thing with them is the, – or at least a gap that I think you've seen in these years where they've had Josh – like, the last two years of having Josh Allen competitive is – their inability to develop draft picks. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. seeing a lot of guys that are like homegrown talent that are developing into good, great elite players. A lot of these guys are, you know, holdovers, guys they've brought in. And I think that like that's been a big deficit for them there. I mean, now not to say that like, you know, the Rams were able to do what they did, they went and kind of, you know, basically just built their team through trades and, you know, for kind of forewent the future that we're seeing the, the consequences of that now. But a lot of other teams like the Chiefs, the Eagles, you know, you have these other teams that are developing some talent in-house or at least, you know, guys that they bring in that are, you know, like for the Eagles, the Hassan Reddick, and, you know, even James Bradbury. You're seeing that the guys that they bring in, they're you know, either developing or helping to take a step up. And with the Bills, you haven't really seen that as much. The guys that have come over have kind of stayed what they were or what they are. You're not seeing a lot of influx of, like, very good and, like, elite, great, impactful rookies, second-year guys that, you know, are taking a step. And that's where they're kind of – they're at an uh, impasse right now where they – they have a um they were able to develop a couple cornerbacks last year i mean they got some you know contributions from dane jackson kair elam christian benford but like it's just that's where you're kind of that's where i think i see the gap with the bills is that you're not getting the young influx of talent that is contributing and with that they're also not you know making a ton of trades or movements to go get guys that they think they can develop a little bit further
0: yep i i mean you're 100 correct those good players i mentioned like vaughn miller they brought in from somewhere else stefan diggs they brought in from somewhere else jordan, po- jordan poyer they brought in from somewhere else micah hyde they brought in from somewhere else daquan jones they brought in from somewhere else uh was Tar- did they draft Aaron johnson i feel I like remember. they did. Um. But yeah, I mean, shoot, to your point, even like uh, Roger Saffold, the guy I mentioned as being bad, like they brought him in as a free agent. So, not a ton of development there. I mean, it's tough though, because they do have Josh Allen, who they developed in house. Yep.
1: Yep. Um,
0: Trey White is a draft pick they developed in house. Deion Dawkins was another good one they made. Uh, I think he was a second round pick, and he's, you know, he's probably a top 10 ish left tackle in the NFL. So, um, but yeah, pro- probably less. Player development than a lot of these elite teams. Any other uh, trends or things you wanted to note before? Because I, I, I wanted to take this to the next step, which was like let's identify a roster or two that we think could really surprise this year, um, based on how they've constructed that.
1: Yeah, nothing much else. Like like you said, I think that you know, again, having gone through like Super Bowl winners and losers, you are pretty much sitting at a minimum of three to four elite elite guys like that's the bare minimum is that you have like you have to have three to four like elite guys and then you have to have about five to six good to great guys at least yep and that's kind of your threshold there
0: yeah i i agree with you um Sweet, I'll just take. Let's just take it to the next level, then. I, I want to throw out a roster I think might be uh, might be different this year. That could surprise some people. Um, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and I, I've been a Deshaun Watson hater, but this is what I'm talking about. If Deshaun Watson can play a little bit above his his career line, I think this this roster is primed for the taking. Um, look at elite players they have. They have Miles Garrett. Denzel Ward, I would consider an elite player. Um, And Amari Cooper, I would consider an, an elite player. I know he didn't make our top 10 receiver list, but the receiver class is deep in this league. As yeah, that's
1: not um, a knock on him. Yeah. It's more of a commentary on yeah. the depth overall.
0: He's still a bonafide number one. Yes. Um, I would say that their guards are both elite. Joel Bentonio and Wyatt Teller. Yep, Right there, you've got five elite players. That's not including their quarterback. I'd put him in the good bucket right now. yeah. But again, if you get if they get elite play out of him, this whole thing goes boom. Um, their offensive line in general is pretty good. Jed- Jedrick Wills, Ethan Pochich at center, and then Jack Conklin to round it out at right tackle. These are all good players. Every player on the offensive line, I would say, is good. Um, their tight end, David Njoku, is good. They have, uh, I don't want to put running backs, don't really move the needle for me, so I'm not going to put Chubb in there, even though he is notably very good. Dalvin Tomlinson is a good player. Zadarius Smith is a good player. Obo Okoronkwo is a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa is a good coverage linebacker. Yep. Grant Pilpit played his ass off last year. Like he's finally back in the mix. They brought in Juan Thornhill from Kansas City, who I would consider a good player. Greg Newsome is an ascending good player. Like we, dude, they have like twelve players in the good
1: column. and they, like I mean, five elite. They're they're legitimately a top three to five talented team in the NFL right now. I don't like you. You're saying if if Watson can get to elite play, I don't even think they need elite play out of him. I think they need if he can be what he was in Houston and knock out like a couple turnovers here and there. I think that. I mean that. Gets them to eleven wins.
0: Well, yeah, I'm talking true Super Bowl contender. If they're actually going to put put up their best effort to take down the Chiefs, I think they got to get near elite play from Watson.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: to make to make hay in that division, they just need like better than average play from Watson.
1: And they just need that. I mean, it's um, I talked about it constantly last year. Is that you need that defensive talent to turn into something it's all there they were not that great on defense they had flashes here and there but they would get burned pretty consistently and their secondary was again extremely talented but they had breakdowns constantly that needs to be cleaned up this I mean talent wise on paper this should be a top three defense this year I think it I mean obviously with defense there's a lot more nuance there's you know roll you know the way the ball rolls can kind of influence a little bit more compared to an offense but just pure talent wise the i mean this defense should be so much better than what it's been the last like two years and i like i they, they brought in a new defensive coordinator jim schwartz who's you know known to be more aggressive i think that you know hopefully that him coming in i think that that defense is going to take a step and they could really you know, pave the way for how this team does.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they their roster reminds me of kind of how I felt about the Eagles roster last year. Yeah. Now, the Eagles had way more likable players, guys I like to root for, than the Browns do. <laughs> right. I was like, actively pulling for the, the Eagles to put it all together, but um, I think the Browns are right there. Yeah. Anybody else you got? Any other teams you think their roster just stands out as –
1: I, the Dallas Cowboys, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that I think could take a leap. I think they could leap, leapfrog the Eagles, take the NFC East, and I think are probably a contender to come out of the NFC right now. You know, take away everything you think about the Cowboys and all the times they've you know come up short in the playoffs the last couple of years and you a know, couple unlucky roles here and there, but – Talent-wise, again, you know, elite guys, they've got Zach Martin. They've got Tyron Smith, who's still, you know, still good. kicking and playing well. They've got CeeDee Lamb, uh, for Demarcus sure. Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Stephon I'd, Gilmore.
0: Yeah, I'd probably put Lawrence in the good bucket, be, but
1: Parsons
0: definitely elite.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah, if you want to go, like, good, all right, you could even argue Trayvon Diggs kind of made yeah. the, a leap into the – near elite category last year with you know his turnover numbers came down but his overall coverage in yards given up came way down as um with it uh but like good players you've got uh Donovan Wilson is a very good player Leighton Van Esch is you know he's kind of aging a little bit and he's had some injuries but he's still a good player um Malik Hooker Odigizua Dak Prescott if he can Knocked down the turn. Again, it it really comes down to the quarterback, but he got super unlucky with a lot of his interceptions last year. I think those interception numbers come down a lot this year. I think you don't you don't see it as much. And, um, you know, Terrence Steele is a good player. Uh, Yadish is a good player. Tyler Smith is a good player. Brandon Cooks is a good player. Michael Gallup is a good player. I mean,
0: yeah, and the, you know what? They have a uh, Jalen Tolbert his kind of emerging too. He's had a really good preseason. He's had a
1: great camp so far. I even, I mean, I even like Jordan Lewis in the nickel. He's, you know, yeah. he's been injured here and there, but when he's been on the field, he's been he's been good. Uh, Jaron Curse isn't even in their starting lineup, but he'll play a lot of like nickel dime linebacker sets, and he's a very good player. He's a you know a tight end eraser type guy, um, to like. Damone Clark is the worst player on their roster, I think. And then their tight ends are iffy. They have Jake Ferguson, Schoonmaker, H- uh, Hendershot. I think they're looking for a good – all young guys, they're looking for someone to emerge there.
0: Yeah, but, should be, to be fair, but, we don't know what Damone Clark is yet.
1: No, not really. Yeah. He, hasn't had a, he hasn't had a ton of burn yet. So, I mean, this is a roster that probably, in my opinion, has the least – hole probably the least holes in the nfl in my opinion
0: yeah it's it's pretty close And man even if van der Esch and clark aren't very good <laughs> like doesn't Dude, it matter doesn't really matter that much and you look at the guys behind him what i love about that is like and Am- van der Esch and clark are kind of stiff they're not yeah. great athletes in space but the guys behind them jabril cox demarvian overshone who i think are like coverage specialists at yeah linebacker. Uh, Malik Jefferson's a freak athlete. They brought over from Baltimore. Jay, you already mentioned Jaron Kirsch, but he, you know, he's going to play in that coverage linebacker role too. So when they get this D, D line is so good too, when they get into those obvious passing downs, they can get those guys
1: on the field. And, and uh, they remind me, they, they remind me a little bit of the Eagles last year. Their second team defensive line is insane. Could be a starting defensive line. For a good number of teams in the NFL, they've got Sam Williams, Jonathan Hankins, Neville Gallimore, who isn't – he's not the greatest, and then Dorrance Armstrong. And they even have uh, Dante Fowler Jr., who is a functional pass rusher behind those guys. Hunter Golston, who can play a little bit. And they have Deron Bland, who who played a lot last year as a rookie and showed a lot of promise, played really well.
0: The Chicago Bears would trade their starting D-line for the – Cowboys second team D line right now. They for sure would
1: straight up easily.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, uh, like the other thing that's crazy about this defense is the speed. Every one like they have insane speed everywhere. Oh, it's sideline. Like, side and who's like their eighth edge defender right now, who's one of the freakiest athletes we've seen. Mozzie Smith is insanely athletic for a three hundred and thirty pounder. Like all these guys are just freak athletes. Yeah, like, across the board. So it's pretty pretty impressive what they've done.
1: Yeah, so I mean, really, their one weak spot is what does Mike McCarthy look like as a play caller again? He hasn't been in the role in a little bit. Here we think he had some, he might have had some influence with Kellen Moore the last couple of years, and that's a big reason why Kellen Moore made the jump. But having Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy as your as leading your offense that is genuinely the really the only concern that I have. And you know, they, it's been a minute, McCarthy. Getting away from Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has so much influence over the offense. It could be, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be amazing because of how much talent they have. It just has to be functional and make sense.
0: Yep. I mean, um, I'm trying to figure out if there's another team I want to throw out here or not. I don't think there is yet. I, I was going to potentially throw out the Dolphins, but I think they're still maybe a year away. But the Dolphins roster is good, by the way. It is. It is. Um,
1: and they've got they've got some ascension in their pass rushing ranks as well. I think yeah. that's – Yeah, let,
0: let's just do them for, for the sake of it. Yeah, it'll
1: be, it, let's talk about them.
0: Yeah, so elite players, I go Hill, Waddle for sure. Karen Armstead, for sure. Um, D line Christian Wilkins is he there yet, or is he just he's knocking on the door though,
1: right? He's right. I think I think one this year, if we see it from him this year, I think you can make you can make the case for him to make it to be in that uh, conversation.
0: And he's finally going to be in a true three tech role this year too, which I'm really excited about because like I think he's he's a much better pass rusher than that scheme allowed him to be. He's very Um, athletic. You know, under the last couple of years, um, so getting to you know play more you know one gap assignments one and a half gaps is better than him being a two gapper for sure. Yeah, Jalen Phillips is a f- main on a mission. I don't think we can legally call him elite yet, but this is this is what I'm talking about. He might be the Hassan Reddick of this year,
1: right? This well, is I a mean,
0: nowhere and drops an 18 sack season.
1: This is a team that has a lot of guys in a position to be to be kind of that X factor guy that makes the leap that turns this team from you know talked about near the contenders to being an actual contender they I like along the defense and they have a lot, they do have a lot of guys that really have a chance to make that lead
0: yep jerome baker good david long good bradley chubb good Xavier howard elite brandon jones he's fine javon holland very good another guy possibly jumping from good to elite this year yep yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is why I wanted to throw the Dolphins out. They're like a couple things going their way. A, a few development. A few guys developing a little bit. Like seriously, if, if Jalen Phillips is this year's Hassan Reddick where he drops 15-plus sacks out of nowhere, and Javon Holland steps into that role as that true, deep safety who can do basically everything. He can play in the slot. He can play in the box, but he's he's a ball hawk. Yep. And then they've got the corners they do, and Xavier Howard, the drafted Cam Smith. I know Jalen Ramsey is going to be on the shelf for a bit but they still have uh cater who's a really good slot corner. Yep. His backup Nick Needham is actually pretty good. They drafted Cam Smith. They brought in Deshaun Elliott from the Lions at to you know play the box safety role. They yep. they have someone else I'm forgetting as oh Noah Ig, Ig uh, Bahagani. <laughs> they drafted him. He was a first round pick like 2 years ago or something yeah. from uh, Auburn. Um He's, he's another versatile guy, and I know he hasn't developed the way they wanted him to, but it's still – it's legit depth, though. Keon Crossan is legit depth. Eli Apple yep. is like their third or fourth outside corner. Like this is – you know, they, they have legit depth here, so.
1: It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting because with the Ramsey injury, that kind of pulls Cam Smith to potentially develop right away and be a contributor in that could yield that could be a very good development for them. I mean, obviously, you want to have Ramsey in there, but there's a, I think it's six weeks, about six to eight weeks, is the estimation to get him back. That's yeah. enough weeks. That that's enough weeks in there. That you know, if Cam Smith shows a lot of promise, that's a, you know, that changes how you get to play your defense there.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. It's almost I hate saying a guy getting hurt's a good thing for a team, but it's almost a good thing because you're going to get Cam Smith a lot of reps. Before you thought you'd have to, so then when Ramsey does come back, now you have options, right? Maybe, maybe this week we're playing Ramsey at slot, right? Maybe this week we're playing Ramsey in the box at safety. Maybe this, you know, like that's where the versatility really starts to creep in because you, you feel like you can trust Cam Smith a little bit more because he's got some seasoning under his belt. So,
1: and you saw that with the, I mean, it happened with the Rams, not necessarily through injury, but with um, in their Super Bowl season with the development of Darius Williams. They were able to they were able to move around Ramsey a lot more. You saw him playing in the slot a lot more, and that changed the complexion of their defense quite a bit. It, you know, it made them a lot, it allowed them to play a lot of different schemes, and you know, being able to get a guy like Ramsey into the slot and still feel solid about your outside corners that it can't be overstated how much that helps a secondary, how much it helps the defensive line overall. Like it's, it really, it, like you said, it could make so like so much difference to have cam smith be a guy that you can plant in there and say we need him on the field all at all times
0: yep i agree so this is hot takey because i don't think anyone is on the dolphins this year like literally i don't think anyone is
1: yeah i, th- I the-
0: think of anyone being like all up on them i just, i think this roster is so good and i think there are like I said a few, a few pieces developing away from being like some pretty big noisemakers
1: I mean Tua's the X factor you, yeah. like, you need to see Tua have one he needs to be healthy which in and of itself is a challenge but you right. also just need to see him have and make a, almost a Jalen Hurts level jump like that, that is what we'll, that's what would take them to the next level this year is to have to see the marked improvement from to uh
0: i I feel like we saw that jump last year the problem is it was sandwiched between two horrendous concussions right i i do feel like we saw that jump though like i feel like if they just get that to a he he was playing at a pretty near elite level i know he didn't make our top 10 qb list and we didn't really consider him mostly because of injury concerns but like he was, I mean, shoot it. I don't know. Like you, most metrics we have, Steve, he was popping at the top of just about everything. From yeah, you know, hero throws to accuracy rates to accuracy while under pressure to passer rating under like most of these high level analytics we had pointed that he was having a really good season. Yeah, he, even if go by PFF grade, And I know that's that's now a forbidden word at fantasy points. It's PFF, but um, PFF grade, I think he was like number one in the league when he when he had that. Con- that second concussion so, yeah um i'm just saying i'm not saying he's elite i'm just saying he was playing at that level for a stretch last year so yeah. i think if they just get that i think they're fine but yeah i don't know um i feel good about this should we just call it here we're like just under an hour make the listeners happy
1: yeah yeah i mean there's not i think those are the probably the three rosters that you can make the case for that are right there. There are more that are, you know, a year away. We could have this conversation about them next year, but these are the teams that have veterans in the right places with guys that have a chance to make that you've seen flashes from that can make a a full legitimate leap this year to like push them over the line and make that go take them from, you know, a solid division winner to, talking about them coming out of their conference
0: yep and you know like we purposely try to target teams that are kind of on the dl right now like they're on the down low not not a lot of people are talking about them taking that leap that's why we obviously we could talk bills and chiefs all day long we know they're contenders guys right
1: bills chiefs Bengals, you know 49ers we could have the conversation around them but everybody at eagles everybody knows about them everybody expects them to be there yep
0: all right, cool. Let's cut it there. That's going to do it for us. We will be back next week. Make sure you guys are checking out the site fantasypoints.com. Data.fantasypoints.com is the data suite. You need to go check it out, both of them. The content coming out right now is disgusting. Yeah. Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan dropped. Joe Dolan dropped some content last week, Steve. Yeah. It's like, like, that's a rarity for us. Like, Joe is kind of taken on this more behind the scenes um, you know he's like he's a maestro he's like a maestro he just he has his hand in everything and things are going smoothly because of that but when he drops some content that gets me excited because I don't always get to read content from Joe and I if you're an auction drafter he dropped his draft plan as an auction drafter last week it is I'm I am an auction drafter it's one it's my favorite season long format so um, yeah check that out for sure Scott Barrett dropped you know, dropped his draft plan, which is like I mean, you need like probably like a four hour reading session to get through it, but it's worth every second you'll spend on it because it is tremendous. Yeah. Um,
1: John Hansen dropped his, you know, draft plan from each pick. Oh yeah. He yes. Yeah. It's
0: a YouTube series you should check out for yep. sure. Just make sure you're you're staying abreast with all the content. A lot of it's not even paywalled right now, which is Again, just the benevolence of our company just goes unmatched. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of unpaywalled content, a lot of free stuff out there, especially the YouTube stuff, the data suite. Make sure you're checking it out. Um, I don't know. Is there still a free trial, Steve? I don't know if there is. Bl- I, think I don't believe so.
1: I think the free yeah. trial is done, but you yeah, still
0: get it. There will be more for, free trials.
1: You still get it for 50 bucks for the whole season. Which yeah, what am I
0: about? The whole is a free trial
1: yeah. forever. Yeah. It's essentially a free trial. Yeah. It's $50. You're saving money this year. And then comparatively (laughs) in the market, you're saving thousands upon thousands of dollars that you didn't know that you'd have to spend to get this type of data somewhere else.
0: True. And I want to repeat this too. If you don't know all of the data in the data suite is our data. That's, we're not like, we don't buy data from another company. We're not, you know, scraping twitter for a bunch of random factoids and throwing them in a table like that, that is all we have a charting team a pretty excellent charting team at that and all that data comes from us comes from steve and i chris that you guys know and then our team like it's it's pretty phenomenal stuff so like we are changing the game we're changing what the consumer interaction with data looks like make sure you check that out all right i've ranted enough about our products i am we are out of here